0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Art of Noticing. I'm your host, best-selling author, Johnny B. Truant, and I'm here to help you give the muse the finger and make life your muse instead. In each 10-minute episode, I'll tell you how I spun something mundane into inspiration and show you how to do the same. If you've ever wondered how to write better, how to be creative, how to get more ideas, you're in the right place. Let's start noticing. So... I've noticed that I should maybe consider buying keyboards in bulk. This is something that I think is unique to, well, it's, I'm sure it's not unique, but it is particular, which I guess is a softer way of saying unique without having to pretend that I'm some sort of special flower. It's uh, it is. How would I say it? It is representative of my particular style of work, not my style of writing, but my way that I actually work. And, basically I have, so I have a very specific keyboard and I actually have another noticing on how annoyingly specific my keyboard is. So I will save that thrilling rant, but I do have a particular kind of keyboard that I like to use and I use them to death. Unsurprisingly, if you're listening to this, then you're probably a writer and you are no stranger to the woes and the particularities that come with keyboards. But because my keyboard isn't necessarily made anymore, I've started thinking, man, I should just get a bunch of them. Like I should go onto eBay or whatever and just, just hoard them. Because what happens is I beat them up so much that the keys start coming off. And if you've ever had a key like kind of stick and it just kind of doesn't want to come off, it doesn't happen all the time. I do think that this might be something that I I don't know that I'm doing, or it's an eccentricity of the keyboard or something, but the keys will, first they'll start to stick and then they come kind of halfway off and then I can usually kind of push them down. This is a, a vain hope thing that I do. It's kind of like closing my eyes and saying, yeah, 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 I don't see it. Or actually I would be sticking my fingers in my ears because somehow I've decided that if I push down a key that has clearly come off, that it will miraculously remeld itself in all the ways that it should, which surprisingly it never does. And so the key pops off and then I have to order a replacement key and that's a whole thing. And so I started harvesting keys from the side and swapping them out. So then I have like a page up key where the E key should be or whatever. And my keys are completely worn down such that it looks like it's a mystery keyboard where I might hit any key and get any letter. And the only way that I will know, like I'll I'll need to press J or something like that. And then if I need to do that and I want to press just one key, I I literally won't know what it is because I've worn away all the writing on the surface of my keys But my fingers know, so if I rest them, okay, what would I press to hit J? Anyway, this is all to say that once I realized that I beat up a keyboard, had to order replacement keys, and then I have to be like a jeweler in there with like a microscope trying to make these keys refit, and then they'll break again and blah, 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 and I'll order a replacement keyboard, and I'm thinking about getting extra keyboards, that it made me think of the needs of our own individual writing environment. So my writing environment has this particular eccentricity with the keys and I need to have this very specific thing because of the ways that I use my hands and the ways I mean I also have a trackball because a trackball is ergonomic and I don't I don't have wrist problems but I don't want to get them and you know trying to change that environment will severely limit what it is that I do so again if you're listening you're probably a writer and if you write fast, so I don't necessarily do this all the time anymore, but when I was writing fiction, I would typically write, uh, when I was writing at full speed fiction, I've, I've slowed, slowed down. I was going to say slown down, which should be a word. So I've slowed down. And, um, so that's 6,000 times an average length of like five, six letters a word. Like that's a lot of keystrokes and that doesn't count blog posts and emails and all that. So I am moving my fingers whatever distance it takes, whatever pressure it takes to press a key tens of thousands of times every single day of my life. And little things like having to go up higher, like if I use a tall keyboard rather than these low keyboard, these low profile keys that I use, that decreases efficiency like nobody's business. If you've ever had to use an unfamiliar tool of any sort, it's A reverse optimization. It's an anti-optimization where little tiny things, because they're things that you're doing repetitively and they're things where you're in the groove normally, little tiny discrepancies, little tiny lack of efficiencies that come from having to work outside of your normal environment can really add up. So I think that there's a lot of value in shaking up your creative environment, and your creative habits. So if we're talking about physical environment, I do think that there's value in if you're stuck or if you are looking just for a change of pace or to get out or whatever, <clears throat> then going to a coffee shop and writing, if that's your style, can be really good. I know I there was some legendary writer who did his best work. Supposedly, the story is told in Stephen King's On Writing in library um, corrals or carols. I don't know how that's pronounced. Those little cubicles. And who knows? But I'm talking about the things that that happen in our particular environment. And so... I The whole lesson here is about looking for optimizations and the opposite of optimizations, which would be little tiny roadblocks that can be removed to make your creative life easier. So this is more of, it's less about story. Most of these are about story. They're about, well, what if there's a character who did this? Or I got the story idea for this, or I ran across this thing on the ground. It gave me an idea for a story thing with this. This episode is much more about you as the writer, you as the creative person, and what is it that gets in your way that you might be able to remove or change, or what is something that you could slightly improve? And I'm an optimization guy. I I really like the idea of taking something that's working and finding a way to get it better. I'm not like a life hacker or biohacker, whatever the things are where like you learn all the shortcuts in Gmail so that you're super fast. If I'm not doing like ninja style email, I don't particularly care about that level of optimization, but with something that I do constantly with typing, that's something where I should consider different things. So I know that, uh, uh I knew somebody who was considering the Dvorak. I think that's what's called keyboard arrangement because your fingers move less far, once you learn the layout, it's not the QWERTY, which is what's typical, but I, I think it's called Dvorak, where the keys are arranged so, so that for normal usage, there are more frequently used letters, obviously. And so for instance, E and R and the, the Wheel of Fortune letters are the ones you use most often. And so those would be, I don't know, but I'm assuming they're like on the home row so that your fingers don't have to move at all. And the idea is that Your fingers, over the course of like a year, your fingers move a whole lot less and it's therefore faster and all that stuff. So that's worth considering at least experimenting. I'm not saying Dvorak in particular, but what are the little things that might make you better, might make life happier? Uh, Because that's it too. If you are gritting your way through something, but you're able to work with light music and you have light music that you play in your writing environment and you only play it there, So that it's kind of a reward, that's a way of spicing it up. Some people like have a scented candle or they have a cushy writing chair or whatever it is to do things to spice up your environment, not spice up, but to consider it at least. And the way that I'm beating up keyboards, that's a unique thing that I need to solve. But what are the things that you need to solve? So another thing that I don't feel I particularly need to solve, and this isn't meant to be self-congratulatory, it's just low-hanging fruit for writers, is I know so many writers who the way that I'm hard on keyboards, they're hard on themselves physically. So many writers are—it's the flip side of dedication. They're very dedicated. They're very into what it is that they do, and that's that's laudable. That's 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 something that's good. But at the extreme, you are, they they don't stand up enough. They don't they don't work. You know, they don't move around enough. They don't take walks. I know people who they spend so much time at the desk that they're suffering all sorts of ill uh, effects. They they don't take vacations. Self-care is maybe the extreme end of this because if you don't have something that you can do sustainably, you don't have something you can do at all. If you can do something only for a little bit of time, then in my mind, that's a fad. That's not a lifelong thing. And if we're talking about inspiration, if we're talking about the writer life, then we're talking about long-term sustainability, which means Do you need to get exercise? Do you need a standing desk? Do you need to get up and move around? What is it that may be unsatisfactory about your environment now that you can tweak to make it just a tiny little bit better? I know this all came from the idea of me beating up keyboards, but I think it's relevant because it's all about the little tiny things that you can tweak in your environment to make your writing better. All right, that's it for today. If you'd like more, be sure to visit johnnybtruant.com slash subscribe and sign up so you don't miss anything. Now, subscribing is free, but for just a few bucks a month and the good karma that comes from supporting the arts, you'll also get all the member stuff, bonus episodes and articles, behind-the-scenes peaks, and the weekly one-drink book club where my creative friends and I talk shop over Friday cocktails. If membership isn't for you, please show your support by sharing, reviewing, all that good stuff it really does make a difference. Thanks for listening and stay curious.